This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Hey, before we get started with the show, just want to let you all know that Hey Bartender Podcast now has a Shopify store. Right now we got a bunch of t-shirts and a few other things that have some cool graphics on it. Some have the Hey Bartender Podcast logo on it, and some are just fun drinking shirts. Go over to hey-bartender-podcast.myshopify.com and go check out our inventory. Maybe spend a couple bucks while you're there. But don't do it right now because we're about to start the show. And welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. This is a podcast two for the people of the service industry, the unsung heroes, bartenders, servers, and their customers. And you know, there's a lot of people involved in the bar industry that you got to sit back and remember. One of these days, thank your cab driver for getting your ass home safe because you decided to overdo it that night. But let's not get into that. What's tonight's drink special? You know what? I sat back and I thought about it. I got friends out there who talk about Fireball all the time. And I thought to myself, what is this Fireball everybody keeps talking about? Basically, Fireball is whiskey. And when you uh, take a shot out of it... well, You you remember those atomic Fireballs you used to uh, have when you were a kid? And you used to have competitions with your friends to see who could suck on one of those things the longest before their nose fell off. Basically, it tastes like that. But I thought all my friends ever talk about is just doing shots all the time. You know, just doing shots of Fireball. Oh, my God, I did so many shots of Fireball last night. Oh, man, I'll never do that again. Well, you know, of course, when you get those really big liquors like that, you got to talk about... What kind of drink can you make out of it? Now, this drink comes from wineandglue.com. I did a little search on the internet to see if anybody's come up with any really good drinks. And this one actually sounds pretty freaking good to me, if you ask me. This one happens to be called the Fireball Whiskey Punch. As if you needed a uh, bigger hit off of doing a shot of Fireball. Wow. Anyway. This is a crowd-pleasing punch that comes together in just three simple ingredients. Here's what you need. Fireball whiskey, obviously, that's what we've been talking about. Frozen apple juice concentrate and lemon-lime soda. That's it. Just throw that all together, and then you got yourself a nice, refreshing beverage. If not, it'll clear clear out your sinuses something fierce. But, anyway... Go to your local bartender, talk to them, uh, order up that drink special. Hey, get on the Facebook website, Hey Bartender Podcast Facebook page. Tell me what you think about it. I'd love to hear about it. Okay, well, a little bit of time's gone by. Let's talk uh, a little bit. You know, the biggest thing that everybody talks about, you know, I've been wandering around all over the place, you know, just talking to bartenders, servers, and, you know, they... Everybody's got their own bar story. And that's kind of why I started this podcast, because the stories come up all over the place. And if you're a bartender or server, you always have that one night that you love to talk about because it's a great story and it's something that you'll never forget. 
the I was wandering around. I was talking to this one guy. He was a bouncer. Now that's somebody in the service industry that I have never really given any time to talk about is bouncers. Because the bouncers are your first line of defense. They come up to your door, your customer comes up to your door and they have to show their ID to your bouncer and your bouncer lets them in. And your bouncer also has to wander around, check, make sure everybody's having a good time. No, despite what some of you are probably thinking right now, they don't check to make sure you're not fighting. They just make sure that you're having a good time. Maybe they're also looking for somebody who may be spoiling that good time, but that's their main goal. The bartender, anybody that works in the service industry is there to make sure that you're having a good time. But I was talking to this one bouncer and he said, he said back when he was a full-time bouncer, maybe, you know, watch Roadhouse one too many times and thought that would be an excellent career. Luckily he moved on. Not saying that bouncer is a bad thing. Just don't think of it as a lifelong career. He said he was working at this really rough bar and he said every night was a fight night and it it was just if there was no fight that night they were wondering if they were open you know did somebody forget to turn on the open sign uh, you know uh because you don't know there were no fights and it was just constantly and he told me that he had to get out of there just because it was just out of hand and it was more than his nerves could handle and i don't blame him i mean a lot of bartenders servers bouncers a lot of majority of our stories have to do with a fight night. And if you're one of those guys that drinks and then all of a sudden wakes up the next morning and wondering why his face hurts or wondering how he ended up in that jail cell and his face hurts, you're part of the problem. And which causes repercussions for the bar industry. Now, uh, this guy told me that uh, he was bar. Uh, he was bouncing one night and he said the biggest fight night. He doesn't even know how it started or what happened. Just all of a sudden there was a chair floating through the air and that was the end of that. Just everybody cops and blood and ambulances. And it was, it was just horrible. And you know, he told me basically that was oh, where he just decided, you know what, maybe this whole bouncing thing really isn't for me. I'm tired of breaking up fights all the time. It's just getting ridiculous. But if you got your own little uh, fight night story that you're particularly proud of, you know, get on Hey Bartender's uh, web Facebook website or send me the story in my email. Uh, go to HeyBartenderPodcast at gmail.com. Love to hear your stories. I'd love to read them out loud on this podcast. But fight nights, they have are trouble. They're, they have serious repercussions all the time. And it seemed, you know, there's no real definitive way to say that alcohol has anything to do with it. Some people are just that type of personality, you know, that type of person that has to express themselves in a certain manner and ah, I'm trying to be uh, PC about it. Truth being told, they just assholes. I mean, there's no other two, no other way to describe them. They are just assholes. 
you don't, they don't need alcohol to um, all of a sudden walk in and say, all right, who wants to fight me? Yes, they don't need tequila, although that actually does help from what I've seen on the Facebook page. But to, yeah, it's just, it's, you know, every bartender tries to narrow down where every fight starts and every bar manager tries to narrow down where does that fight start so I can avoid this problem ever again. Because after the fight, not only does the bar have to deal with the police, which is tons of fun, let me tell you. And they also have to deal with the local liquor control commission. Some states are a little bit more strict than others. There's this one bar that I used to work at. It was probably the worst six months of my life. And the only reason why I was working there is just because I needed the money. And when I got in there, I noticed there were no customers. I, the first night when I was getting shown the ropes by the head bartender, he was telling me where, where to count the till, where, how to work the lottery, and uh, you know, just uh, just showing me every end of the rope and I every end of the ropes. And I said, uh, you know, it's nine thirty, and I can't help but notice your till maybe has twenty six bucks in it. And he said, uh, yeah, this bar has a little bit of a history. And I said, do tell. This bar, I guess, had this nasty habit of serving people under the table. I just, you want another drink? Here's another drink. You want another drink? Here's another drink. Hey, you tipped me really good. I'm going to give you another drink. And then all of a sudden, the cops were constantly watching from across the street at the nearby gas station they're doing their job let's face it and so every time somebody left the cops would jump in their car go chasing after that person and inevitably the person would get a DUI just because they were served a little bit too much and then the bar would be put under a microscope by the liquor control commission the liquor control commission finally one day said okay that's enough. Now we're not to the point where we're going to take away your liquor control, uh, your liquor license. You can still serve liquor here, but you are limited to one liquor and one mixer. You can no longer do doubles. You can no longer do multi liquor drinks. You are stuck to just beer, wine, and one liquor and one mixer. That's it. And so. Nobody wanted to go there anymore because nobody wanted to get pulled over for a DUI. And, you know, uh, you know, who can blame them? What ruins a night faster than getting pulled over by a police officer having to walk a straight line or say the alphabet backwards? And you know what? One of these days we're going to have to have a talk with some people on this podcast on... Uh, the sobriety tests because some of them are just flat out ridiculous. I mean, saying the alphabet backwards, I'm sober and I can't do that. But actually, no, no, I do know one guy. He told me that he was able to do the alphabet backwards because he remembers when he was in grade school, he just closed his eyes and then pictured the alphabet uh, that was put, um, put up on the pegboard up above the chalkboard and he just pictured every letter and did every letter of the alphabet backwards perfectly. And 
But of course the cop wasn't convinced that he was sober. So they kept testing him until uh, he did something that he, they said they could honestly sit back and say, okay, you're drunk, get in the car. But no, I'm sorry, sidetracking. But uh, this place where I worked for about six months, I couldn't wait to get out of there just because there were no customers. Everybody was afraid to go there all the time just because they didn't want to get stopped by the cops or there was nothing worth serving there. I would be stuck sitting on my ass the entire night watching Comedy Central and you know nobody was playing the jukebox. Nobody's sitting there BSing just there was even one time that I heard about at this particular bar. They had a designated sober guy. The designated sober guy's job was to stay sober all night. He could, he'd sit there, drink juice, coffee, Coke, whatever. He got to all that, uh, non-alcoholic stuff for free. His job was at the end of the night, walk out to his car when everybody decided to leave, kind of stumble around a little bit, maybe drop his keys, walk over to his car, lean on the car for a few seconds, take a couple deep breaths, get in his car, start driving. And everybody would watch to see if the cops would follow him. And if the cops did follow him, they felt comfortable enough to get in their cars and go home. But I, you know, I never heard uh, I never talked to any of whoever the designated sober guy was because I would love to hear what the story was after that, where the cops pull him over and say, you've been drinking tonight. And the guy says, well, just coffee and juice. And the cop says, well, you were hanging out at the bar for quite a long time. Usually when I'm hanging out at the bar for that long, I don't just uh, sit there and drink coffee and juice. And the guy says, really, that's all I've had. And then the cop, I must, you know, I, the story was told to me that he was given the whole you know, field sobriety test, had the walk the line, blowing the breathalyzer, came up zero. And, you know, he just, well, you're free to go home, I'm sure. And uh, so he went home. Basically, he just uh, was running point for everybody else so they could go home without getting harassed by the police. Yeah, you got to wonder about when you're going to a bar that's like that. And it's just funny because when I first started at that bar, uh, the head bartender already had one foot out the door. He didn't want to be there anymore. And who could blame him? It was a crappy place to work because all you did was sit on your ass. There were no, there was no customers coming in and out. You're not making any money other than your hourly and your hourly is usually minimum wage. It ain't shit. So he had one foot out the door. And the only reason why I was there is because I needed a job. So they put me on the day shift first. Now, a day shift in a bar. I when they first offered me that position, I said, "Huh? You know what? What the hell's yeah day shift? How many customers am I going to have at seven a.m.?" And they said, "Oh, don't worry about it. Everybody comes in after the night shift, and you know you'll have the poker room filled, and every everything will be just fine." And you know I'd go in for my seven a.m. shift, tired as all get out, wondering how I made it there. And the, I wouldn't have any customers and, but I did sit down and have myself a really good breakfast. They, they had a hell of a biscuits and gravy there with like with a scrambled eggs on top of it. It was awesome, but that's not what I'm here to talk about. 
there was a couple mornings that I can remember. The first morning that uh, a group of people actually did come in. And I was like, oh, I'm going to make money today. Thank God. And this guy comes up and asks me for rum and coke. This guy was way taller than me and weighed more than I am. And uh, I... Uh, gave him his rum and coke, and I said, uh, were you just coming off the night shift or something? He goes, oh, no, I got a job uh, driving for this trucking company, and I always drive a little bit better when I've had a couple drinks in me. And that made me stop and wonder what his route was, because, well, you know, everybody says, oh, I, I always do something better when I've had a couple drinks in me or a couple hits off of something, you know, that funny, yeah it's it's funny to think about but scary at the same time is you drive something that's about 12 times the size of the car i drive uh and you feel like you have to get a little bit uh get a little bit of a buzz going before you get out oh oh, just make sure i'm not on your route that day but i guess before i got there that bar was horrible it was had a huge huge bad reputation for fights it had a uh, huge bad reputation for people that are overserved and the liquor control commission finally cracked down on them and gave them limitations now that was pretty generous on the liquor control commission's uh behalf just because they could have shut them down and just said you know you don't get to serve liquor in here ever but they, but they didn't. They just put them on some restrictions. Maybe the owner, who was a little bit shifty in my opinion, uh, uh, offered him a, his daughter or something. I don't know. He he was just a uh, an asshole, and uh, I hated working for him. So when I finally did get out of there, I was really really glad because there, you know, there were a couple of nights where I thought about starting a fight with myself just because I was so bored, but. You know, fights. that Fights in a bar. Uh, it happens all the time. Majority of the bartenders and servers out there that I've talked to in the last few months, they have said, you know, when I ask them their most memorable uh, story, they always talk about a fight. You know, so, oh, there was this one night where this fight broke out or this guy had too much to drink. And to some of the... Uh, prettier female bartenders i'm hoping to hear some really really good pickup lines but they but every bartender out there you know talks about a fight and you know it just happens all the time you wish it didn't but that's one of the magical purposes of alcohol is to all of a sudden turn the most chaste priest out there into the world's biggest asshole and it's couple shots of jack daniels and all of a sudden he's uh, who wants to fight me and you're like sit down father damien uh, but you know that's uh that didn't really happen however i will tell you about a couple of the uh fight nights that i have uh witnessed in my life as uh as a bar patron or a bartender or just some idiot walking down the street uh first time I saw a fight in a bar that I was working at. You know, it wasn't the first bar I worked at. The first bar I worked at was at a uh, hotel. I was a banquet bartender. 
All right. If you want to be a real bartender, don't do that because banquet bartending kind of sucks. Kind of boring because there are some nights where you do make some good money, but there are other nights where they say it's an open bar. We'll pay for all the liquor and nobody tips you. And then you're just just pouring drinks, just slinging drinks. And it's it's pathetic, really. So when you go out and get yourself a job in a bar, I'm not saying corporate either because corporate, their customers uh, have a high turnover rate. I mean, you got to turn those tables over because you want to make more money. People sit at the tables too long. You're not making money on that table anymore. So I'm talking about a real bar. I'm talking about a place that's dark, dingy, smoky, if that's allowed in your state nowadays. Uh, and, you know, they pool tables and pe- people are coming up constantly ordering drinks. And you might have a large volume of people, three people back, five people wide, that kind of bar that I'm talking about. Now, fights happen easily. And sometimes they just jump up when you don't even realize it. There, this, there's this, the first time that I witnessed some schmuck wanting to do something like that. Uh, he at first wanted to start, like he wanted to fight me. Of course, everybody wants to fight the bartender. Uh, you know, it's just because he's the bartender. The bartender has control. They realize they don't have control. The bartender does. Well, I can't have that, especially since I'm drunk right now. I believe I'm the most powerful man in the universe. I am He-Man. So this guy, these two guys come up to my bar and they order two beers. I noticed my bouncer didn't card them. He just let them buy. And I don't even know what that bouncer was thinking about that night. And so he just let them buy and said, I'm going to have to check your IDs. And the one guy looked pretty sober, but they both looked pretty young. And one guy was pretty sober. The other guy just all of a sudden rears up, gets on top of the bar and says, I want a fucking beer. And I just said, get the fuck out. Yeah. You know, I'm not even going to even bother because, you know, we're a half hour away from closing. I'm not going to put up with that shit and uh, signaled the bouncer and his friend, you know, kind of picked him up and said, come on, come on, come on, let's go. And on his way out the door, all of a sudden he's yelling at some other guys that he bumped into and then tore off his shirt. You know, that's where the He-Man analogy comes in. Uh, tore off his shirt and was ready to fight. And his friend was able to get him out before anything fun happened. And uh, they uh, they left for the night. And then I just stopped and I thought, what the hell is that all about? And I mean, I, I didn't serve the guy. And... Uh, no, just automatically take off your shirt. When you're ready to fight, shirt comes off. And, you know, it's a, I guess it's just a guy thing. And, you know, because I've never been in that type of situation. I've had people want to pick fights with me, but I've uh, never obliged because, uh, well, I'm kind of chicken shit. Uh, but, you know, that was the first taste of what I was about to get myself into because I was still pretty young and really new to the bar industry. The second fight was on a Friday night and I just started to get to know the other bartender who I became good friends with over the years. 
she and I were uh, bartending. We were really packed that night. And just out of nowhere, I didn't see it happen, mostly because I was on the front front side of the bar uh, catering to the karaoke people and the people there to, that are there to dance. And she was on the pool table side. And the pool table side always generally had more business and more customers. I'd wander over there, help her out when she, uh, when the customers got a little too deep, but generally my side was never that busy, but hers was, I wandered over there and all of a sudden this fight broke out. I have no idea where the hell it came from. And you know, truthfully, I don't think she did either. So immediately when the fight started to break out instincts on my, my end, uh, kicked in i saw she was about to head out there now she was a longtime bartender and she knew how to handle things like that way better than i ever would but probably me trying to be a man or something like that you know trying to prove myself i uh saw her about to head out there but i grabbed her by the shoulders top star off to the side i ran out there grabbed one of the guys and held him and uh until they uh, calmed down enough to where it was a, just a shouting match instead of uh, throwing fists and said, okay, you leave pointed at one of the customers and said, you leave. And they were like, Hey, Hey, wait a minute. How come we have to leave? And he gets to stay. And I said, he's leaving too. I just want you to get out of here first so that you two don't uh, meet each other in the parking lot. And the customers still couldn't grasp that idea that I was basically trying to save their lives and make sure that nobody went to jail because the next step was to call the cops. Uh, uh, that was just uh, that was just something stupid. And I had to deal with one of the customers for like the next 20 minutes because the other person was just standing outside waiting for them to come out. So I had to wait him out to make sure that the other customer could leave without any trouble. Funny part about that was uh, my friend, she, uh, she, when everything had finally calmed down, I walked over to her, smiled, and then all of a sudden I went, what the hell's wrong with you? You got kids to go home to. You got a mortgage and you're jumping out and breaking up fights? That That's just insane. You know, things like that, let me handle it. And then she broke it to me. She said, women can break up fights in a bar situation way better than a man can. And God damn it, if I... Uh, agree with her fully and wholeheartedly right now in my old age because a woman can defuse a fight but when a man comes out there it's like ding ding another challenger and that can just lead to another bartender getting a black eye so yes ladies and gentlemen boys and girls out there I do agree with her that women can break up a bar fight way faster than a man just because there are some, not all of them, keep in mind, there are some men out there who cannot, will not, and have not hit a woman. And so you put a woman in between two guys, and then all of a sudden fights diffuse. Boom. And so, you know, that was something really good to learn. However, the flip side to that story, we're going to jump forward a few years. Um, I, by this time I was working in a different bar and there was these two guys. I don't know, truthfully, what the hell, uh, how, what the hell happened. 
I tried to keep an eye on him because I could sense the tension. There was disturbance in the force where they both went over to the pool table and I kept an eye on him. And I thought, something there ain't right. Something between those guys is not right. And so I kept an eye on him. I kept serving my customers. And then all of a sudden I see the bigger guy because one guy was just muscular, not necessarily really tall, but uh, but he was just big. And the other guy, uh, if you didn't check his ID, you'd swear he's 16 years old. But I checked his ID, and it was real. You know, let's let's get past that fact. It was his ID, ID, and it was real, and he was over 21. But all of a sudden, the bigger guy gets right in the kid's face, and I immediately jumped out there, and I said, okay, okay, time for everybody to settle down. You sit there, and you sit over there. And then they gave each other the stare down, and... As they were sitting, I told the bigger guy was actually a longtime customer. And I said, dude, you're going to have to calm down just a bit. Because, uh, you know, whatever problem that you have on the pool table is not worth the consequences that will happen if you don't calm down. And he's like, all right, all right, man. All right, I'll, I'll calm down. All right, it's all good. And the kid, he was off sitting in the, uh, sitting in the corner. The kids started to play another guy uh, pool. And then, uh, of course, the bigger guy that was sitting at the bar, he had to get on get in on the next game. I know at that point I should not have let that happen. I shouldn't, you know, when he all of a sudden I saw his eyes widen and say, okay, I got next game. I should have said, oh, whoa, wait a minute. Come here, sit down. Because I know what will happen if you go over there and play another game. I let it go. And this kid, I don't know what was wrong with him. But the story that I was told, um, I really didn't care by this. By the time I heard this story. Um, I had my server, who was a girl. But, and like I, I was just telling you guys just a couple minutes ago, women can break up bar fights quicker than men. However, in this situation, my server that night was very, very pregnant. And there was no way in hell that I was going to let a pregnant woman go out and break up a bar fight. So, I saw that tension was mounting again. And I looked at her and I said, when something happens and it's going to, you stay behind the bar. Do not go anywhere else. Just stay behind the bar. And she goes, do you really think something's going to happen? I said, oh, yeah. And not two minutes later, uh, all of a sudden, the two are facing off. And uh, the kid and the uh, the big guy, those two are facing off. And I jump out from behind the bar. And the big guy throws a huge haymaker right at the kid's, well, shoulder. And, you know, uh, throws maybe two, three, four before I got over there and I turn and look at my cook and I yell, call the cops. And it seemed like it was happening in slow motion at that point. You know, it, you know, you, you know, the feeling how when something uh, dramatic is happening, it's all dramatic or dangerous. It's happening all in slow motion all around you. And I told my cook, call the cops. And he says, the emergency number or the regular number. And I said, emergency. 
And immediately, I jumped in the fight. I grabbed the kid, tossed him off to the side, and then stood there and just stared down the uh, the bigger guy, knowing full well that he could knock me across the room. And the funny thing about it was, he looks at me, he pulls back his fist, and all of a sudden his face drops, and then you could hear him scream in his head, I just fucked up. And I sat them both down. The cops were on their way. Both of them were arrested. And on their way out, I said, I'm sorry, I got to 86 you. Don't ever come back here ever again. And, you know, I think I brought that up on the last podcast is one of my servers had uh, uh, tried to fight for the, the bigger guy because he was a longtime customer. And he was a good customer up until that point. But the boss's rule is if you have a problem at the pool table or if you start a fight in the bar, there is nothing you can do. You are 86. I don't care who you are. And, you know, that's a good rule to maintain at any bar out there because there has to be consequences when fights happen like that. Oh. So, anyway, that was, you know... Uh, just a touch of what things are happening. But right now I'd like to switch gears. Let's stop being serious for a second. And you know, let's do the bartender joke of the day. Just remember people, if you're a bartender or a server, your customers every now and then will ask you, Hey, tell me a joke. And a lot of you people always say, Oh, I'm not very good at telling jokes or I can never remember them. Okay. I'm going to give you a joke. This is kind of a long one, but uh, you know, just if you want to try to remember it, just do it back. Uh, just play this part of the podcast back and forth until you can remember it. Because really the payoff to me is really funny, especially if you have comic book nerds, because this is a uh, spoiler alert. This is a joke uh, for comic book nerds. All right. Here we go. Two men are drinking at the top of the Empire State Building. One turns to the other and says, you know, last week I discovered that if you jump from the top of this building, by the time you fall to the 10th floor, the wind around the building is so intense that it will carry you around the building and back into the window. The bartender shakes his head in disapproval while wiping the bar. Second man says, what are you, a nut? There's no way in hell that can happen. First man says, no, no, it's true. Let me show you. So he heads up to the bar, puts his arms out, takes a deep breath, and jumps off the balcony, careens to the street below. When he passes the 10th floor, the high wind whips him up around the building and back into the 10th floor window, and he takes the elevator back into the bar. The second man tells him, you know, I saw that with my own eyes, but that must have been a one-time fluke. The first man says, no, no, I'll, I'll prove it again. He again walks over to the ledge, takes a shot of whiskey, takes a deep breath, puts his arms out, and jumps, hurls himself towards the street. All of a sudden, the wind at the 10th floor gently gets him and carries him around the building and right into the window and heads back upstairs to his fellow drinker. And he says, go ahead, come on, try it. The second man says, well, hell. It works. I guess I'll try it. So the second man goes up to the balcony, takes a shot of tequila, puts his arms out, and jumps 
plunges downward, passes the 11th, 10th, 9th, 8th floor, and hits the sidewalk with a splat. Back upstairs, the bartender turns to the other drinker and says, You know, Superman, you're a real jerk when you're drunk. You know, I really should have some kind of sound effect or something like that that uh, tells you that the joke is over. But that joke's, uh, that that joke I used to tell all the time. And probably it depended on the person's drinking level on how funny that was. If you laughed without having any drinks in you while you're listening to this podcast, kudos to you. Thank you very much. Anyway. Ew. Bar fight nights. Those got rough every once in a while. It's these kids come in sitting back thinking. And it it was usually kids in the places that I worked. Uh, I mean, sure... You go to another bar that's more in the middle of nowhere than wherever I worked. And I'm, you know, might be different people, but fights just happen because there's alcohol involved. And is it hundred percent alcohol? No, no, it's not a hundred percent alcohol. It's all based on, you know, opinions. Let's get down to it. The opinion or just because it's fun. I mean, when it comes to the the opinion part, I mean, when it comes to, say, a ruling on a shot on a pool table or somebody's political beliefs, yeah, yeah, that's going to start a fight. Or, you know, a lot of times it had to do with somebody's girlfriend. And, you know, I even saw a couple times where the girls actually picked the fight for her boyfriend so that he could get into a fight. And I'm like, what is that? Your guys' fetish or something like that? Because I know you started it. Oh, by the way, you're 86. And, you know, they, uh, it's just all that power and entitlement all of a sudden that you receive. That delusion that you're always right or you are the most powerful man in the universe uh, when you're drunk. And, you know... It's, it's not something that a bar technician can control, really. I mean, we just keep serving you, and we have to try to judge when uh, when to stop, get you to stop drinking. Because, sure, you might not be drunk, but you may be an asshole. Yeah. Because you know, a lot of people out there, they reach the level of asshole long before they reach the level of drunk. And, and it's... You know, the bartender has to watch for a lot of stuff when it comes to maintaining a happy, entertaining environment. This this one time, I was bartending and these uh, kids came in. And one kid was sitting at the bar and he says, I feel like I'm, I want to get into a fight tonight. And I looked up at him and I said, not in my bar, you're not. And he goes, this ain't your bar. And I said, it is when I run it. And... Bartenders, servers, I want you to remember that. Take ownership in the bar that you work at because it is your bar. It is your responsibility. It doesn't belong to anybody else but you when you run it. Because you have the ultimate control of how things happen. Whether this guy gets another drink, whether this girl doesn't whether this guy's about to get into a fight with another drink 
or if this woman's about to start crying for no apparent reason uh, after she gets another shot, uh, glass of Chardonnay. You know, keep everybody happy. Now, I don't know. There was a problem on the pool table, and the I was keeping a close eye on it, and two guys were based, they both had their hands on the pool table, basically leaning towards each other. And then one of them decides to slap the other guy and started running out the door. And just, and I was like, well, I can't have that. So I grabbed the cordless phone that I had behind the bar and I started to walk out, but there was a guy in my way. I didn't know who he was and I tapped him on the shoulder so I could get past him. But when he turned around, all he did was uh, slap me, slap me right in the face. And I was like, what the fuck? And he says, come on, come on right now, man. Come on. And you remember how I told you make friends with your Harley riders? This was that moment where I knew all I had to do was just turn around and go kill. And my Harley riders would have taken that kid out. And, but I decided to keep my cool. I just stared him down and I said, you need to leave now. And the kid did a couple fake punches at me. I didn't move. And eventually he walked out the door and when he got in the car with his friend and they drove off, his friend thought that he was driving off like a bat out of hell, probably watched fast and the furious one too many times. And, uh, but it wasn't fast enough. And, uh, because I was still able to get his license plate and report him to the cops, whether or not he was arrested that night. I have no idea because it never came back to me. Uh, I, these guys started to fight and they ran off. I told that's what I told nine one one, and uh, now they're out there and I don't know what they're up to or what they're going to do. So if you could, uh, if you could guys could look into that for me, cops were always really cool with me and said, "Yeah, no problem. We'll send somebody out." But like I said, I never heard if there was uh, anything ever happened to that. And truth being told, that was the only time that anybody ever threw a punch at me because I kept nice with majority of my customers to the point where if they did feel like fighting, if they saw me walk in, nothing happened. You know, it's like you could see it escalating to the point where if that guy makes that next pool shot, that guy is going to, the guy who he's playing is going to hit him over the head with his pool cue. But you know, I walk, when I walk up and I just go, everything cool here and everything, all of a sudden they're like, okay, I'm calming down. It's all good. And you know, thank God, because I didn't want to have to break up a fight or have to call the cops or 86 somebody else because, you know, hell, it's just bad business. And that, well, that particular night, uh, the guy that was getting a little bit on edge, uh, I think he just watched uh, uh, UFC or something like that. So he was, yeah, you know how every once in a while when you watch a movie, TV show, or something like that, all of a sudden you feel like doing exactly what they did on TV. And, oh, it's all hell. I can do that. Jackie Chan? Oh, I can run up a ladder like that and then jump off and, uh, you know, you know, Jackie Chan's broken. Uh, You know, if you ask him how many bones have you broken in your body, it would probably be easier and faster for him to tell you how many bones he hasn't broke. So, you know... It maybe it's um, alcohol takes you back to that age when you're watching TV and you thought uh, you can run as fast as the Roadrunner or you can, uh, you know, be as strong 
as He-Man or turn yourself into a truck like a Transformer. I, I don't know. You know, maybe you regress just a little bit. But let me tell you, sometimes uh, fights in a bar or any fight where alcohol is involved can be better than UFC. I mean, I'm not a big UFC fan. I mean, I apologize to a lot of the podcasts out there that like to talk about uh, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu or uh, any fighting techniques or really stress their uh, fan being a fan of UFC. But when you watch drunks fight, it's way funnier. Because, you know, you got those brilliant Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys. One guy gets punched, knocked on his back. All of a sudden, he's got his hands behind his head and his legs in the air, waiting for the other guy to come and hit him. Now, if you ask me, that looks a little gay. And, you know, it's, it's just like, what are, you, what are you waiting for me to do? You want me to fuck you or something like that? That's not what this competition's about. Stand up and fight. Drunks, however, most of them don't feel any pain. And they all think, you know, just a couple, you know, just a couple good swings in my arms and this guy's going to be out for the count. And, you know, sometimes that does happen. Sometimes, most of the time it doesn't. And, uh, you know, it's just good swing, blood everywhere. Another good swing, blood everywhere. And it, the fight doesn't stall because, you know, the one guy's taking a, def- uh, upside down crab defensive maneuver and, uh, you know, waiting for the other guy to, uh, try to jump on him. You know, not that I have any problem with it, um, with, uh, any homosexuals out there, but yeah, it, it, to me, it just did seem kind of gay, but you know, the whole mentality of the bar fight, I mean, you got a lot of alcohol on you and, uh, you're going to think about it the next morning going, Oh God, my face hurts. What the hell did I do last night? What the hell happened? And it's said, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I think I remember. Uh, the guy didn't put the white ball uh, in the doghouse on the pool table. Wait a minute. I took punches for that? You got to be kidding me. I mean, you know, how many of you people have uh, woke up like that? Taking your calls right now. I'm just kidding. This isn't a uh, telephone call based show. Not yet, at least. Uh, we're not broadcasting live, but hey, you never know. Anyway, on most talk shows, we'd probably break this uh, up a little bit and have a commercial before we go to our musical guests, but I am not sponsored by anybody, so we're not going to cut to a commercial. There will be no segue properly, except for this part, where I introduce this podcast musical de- guests. Uh, this time, we are going to introduce you to the Deadbeat Cousins They are available on Spotify. They're available on SoundCloud, iTunes. You can pretty much find them on the internet. All you have to do is just search them out, the Deadbeat Cousins. Today we're going to be playing their single, Get By. So here's the Deadbeat Cousins with Get By. Gotta do it right No, you ain't that type of lady This ain't that type of place You'll be more to someone someday But for now you're just a pretty face 
Deadbeat Cousins with Get By. Uh, the Deadbeat Cousins are based out of Phoenix, Arizona. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can pretty much find them on any streaming platforms. Uh, go check out some more of their stuff. They're a good blues rock influence band. And, you know, truth being told, I don't think we get enough of that anymore because you know, MTV's pretty much just run by Beyonce and whoever's involved with her nowadays. Yeah, MTV, you, know, you want to piss me off? Uh, they don't even play music anymore. It's all those reality shows. Even VH1, I haven't even watched VH1 in a long time just because I haven't seen really any music. And that used to be my go-to uh, at night when I was bartending. Turning on to VH1 and all of a sudden people can sit there and watch uh, music videos of the latest and greatest stars that they or music acts that they kind of like. And usually that was a great way to calm the evening down. Uh, well, except for that one night. Well, I wasn't even bartending that one night. Uh, one of the worst fights that I'd seen were one of the guys actually looked horrible when uh, he came to. Uh, it was... I was I just walked into my bar because I I would go into my bar and visit my fellow co-workers all the time. That's what we did. I mean, you know, you you think, would you hang out at your job on your day off? No, but, you know, 
that's where your friends are at. So you, know, you hang out, uh, hang out where you work. Sometimes you know, get you get to know some of your customers a little bit better if you do that. But I was uh, minding my own business, just talking to some friends and just hanging out. And the one of my coworker, she all of a sudden comes running into the bar. She had walked over to the kitchen side for a second. And all of a sudden she comes running through going, give me the fucking phone. And okay, something's up. And immediately I walked outside and saw that there was a guy on the ground and people surrounding him. And she, uh, she, uh, my my friend, she'd, uh, she'd call it, uh, was on the busy on the phone calling the cops. And there was one guy out like a light on the ground, just a big heap. And uh, trust me, this guy was much bigger than me. And, uh, you know, and then everybody's trying to figure out what's going on. Um, my former coworker, who I'm good friends with, she already knew that oh she knew the guy and she went out to try to help him out flip him over on his back to see what uh, how bad the damage was his face you could actually see it swelling it was just and apparently what had happened uh this has you know i don't remember uh exactly how it happened but this is the way i was told uh he had gone home with a girl who got a little bit attached to him and he really didn't want anything to do with her anymore. And for reasons I couldn't tell you, I don't know. And I'm not going to give my opinion on that girl, but he, yeah, she, I guess got a little bit clingy, you know, class five clinger only she wasn't nearly as hot as Isla Fisher. Not, you know, but that's just my opinion. You know, the, you know, we don't have to uh, go into that. So, but I guess she was, uh, she wouldn't leave him alone. She was chasing him up and down the parking lot and just yelling him, uh, yelling at him saying, how come you never call me? How come, you know what? You don't uh, like me anymore. How come it was just a one-time thing? And, you know, and he's trying to avoid her. And I guess she says, you want to hit me, don't you? She, you want to hit me? I could, uh, come on, hit me. Come on. I know you want to hit me. Just do it. And this guy, I guess, decided, well, she offered. So, wham! He just really belted her. Now, he didn't know what was about to happen next. There was already people. They could hear this woman making a scene. And uh, so, he didn't realize that when he hit this girl, other guys that uh, were paying attention went into attack mode. All of a sudden, one guy comes from his west and tackles him right to the ground. And all of a sudden, three other guys came over and started kicking him, punching him, and uh, just beating the living shit out of him until he couldn't see anymore or or until he wasn't awake. Because when I finally got out there, he I, he was asleep. And, uh, so when the cops eventually showed up, the guy had come to, and he all of a sudden, you know, the testosterone and the adrenaline was still running inside him. So people that were trying to help him, all of a sudden he's trying to pick a fight with them. And it, 
you know, I walked over to him and I said, shut the hell up, man. These guys probably just saved your life. And the guys that beat the shit out of him had run off. Then, you know, it was just a couple hits. What? The cops are coming. Boom, gone. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting there watching this guy bleed, watching his face gradually swell more and more to the point where he didn't look human anymore. And the girl that he hit, you know, she she was crying and she uh, was uh, actually said the phrase, I can't believe he hit me. And uh, I'm sitting there thinking, well, you asked him to like eight times. So he, he did what you told him to, you know, to me, that makes a good boyfriend. No, no, don't, don't. Well, this is, this is my bottom line on this whole thing. Uh, that good friend of mine that I'd worked with, uh, she and I had a discussion about this and she basically, she didn't really side on either the guy or the girl. The problem that she had was you don't hit a man when he's down and okay. Yeah, maybe that's true. And I mean, he wasn't doing the UFC uh, legs in the air, hands behind my uh, hands behind your head thing uh, on his back. He was out like a light. And uh, she's like, you don't hit a man when he's down. And I said, I don't hit anybody. And she's like, well, okay, good point. I was like, she begged, uh, begged him to hit her. Okay, I wouldn't have done that, but I also wouldn't have gotten involved when he did hit her and I wouldn't have run across the parking lot just to tackle the guy because, you know, I'm off duty as a bartender and I'm just a customer at that point. And you know, it's best just to not get involved if you see a fight happening and, because you might have not have started the fight, but if you're there at the wrong time you're going to get the repercussions of that fight. You're going to get 86. You're going to the hospital. You're going to jail or worse. And, you know, the point of going to the bar is to sit there, have a good time, and talk with your friends. And just be social. And if it's, you know, if it gets a little bit heated, time to back yourself away from the situation. Maybe it's time to go home. Watch, uh... Well, Comedy Central, uh, I haven't seen anything good on that in a long time. Uh, Cartoon Network, maybe. Yeah, why not? Watch a little Teen Titans Go. They play them all the time. And, you know, sing along with the theme song. Uh, no, not Teen Titans Go. Watch the fir- the regular Teen Titans, because that, that theme song kicked ass. You know, when there's trouble, you know who to call. Teen Titans! You know, then, you, you know, you don't really get all your violence out of your system, but at least you get a bit of a laugh on your way uh, to Dreamland. Anyway, that's it's last call. That's all I got to say on the subject. A couple reminders. If you got a good bar story that you'd like to share with me or a good drink that you'd like to share with the podcast, share with everybody else, you know what? It is good to share. You can email me at heybartenderpodcast at gmail.com or visit our Facebook page, Hey Bartender Podcast. That's a great place to go. Post your favorite drinks. Talk about your favorite bar. Hell, I even encourage everybody that listens to this podcast to promote your favorite bartender right on the page, and I will mention them on our next podcast. So, uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at HeyBartenderP01, or you want just remember to share, like, and subscribe this podcast. 
go over to our podcast store. Uh, it's just remember to head over there and check it out. See what kind of merchandise we got. Uh, you can go there to the Shopify store at hey-bartender-podcast.myshopify.com. Got cool t-shirts there and some with the logo on it and you know some just fun uh fun to wear you know so you want to tell you know you don't want to have to say it all the time you just want to wear a shirt that says cheap people suck yeah it's a great place to go get one but for now let's see how many names i can butcher uh by letting you know all the props that they're getting uh from their bar uh joanne sawyer or jones sawyer john sawyer i don't know uh, uh, there, Kristen Mitchell de los Santos is giving you heavy props. Uh, uh, they say that Joanne works at the Kansas in works in Kansas City, Missouri at Mad Mad Madrigal Madrigals M A D R I G A L L S. Sorry, I'm just gonna spell it out. I'm not I'm gonna even try anymore. Uh, uh, Brenda Beer Barrel. On Dixie Highway, wherever that may be, Betty Ball Faust has sent you some love. Uh, Lance Hall, Brianna Amber Perman uh, says, Best bartender hands down in Oklahoma, from Rock and Brews to Club 115, all the way to Kong's best bartender I've ever met, and his bottle game is so strong. Go check him out. Yeah, you never know. If you're in the area, go check out this person. Uh, uh, we also have Jess at Bar Barrel Bar Buckeye Lake. Um, okay, I, I guess Barrel Bar is the name of the bar. Buckeye Lake is where you can find it, wherever that may be. Jess, Larry Johnson's giving you some love on the Bar- Hey Bartender podcast page. Yeah, just remember, everybody, remember to tip your servers, remember to tip your bartenders, because they're taking care of you. You might as well take care of them. That's what they do for a living. But until the next time, until the next show, I'd like to tell all of you thanks for listening. Remember to visit our Facebook page, check out the Shopify store. And as usual, I'd like to wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And don't take any shit from anybody. Good night, everybody.